welcome to the Calm F1 podcast. We're back again today. It's me, Peter, uh, and with me today I've got Ollie again. Hello, Ollie. Hi. It's just it's it's going to be a mixture of us both mostly. I mean, we're all going to yeah. look and dive in, aren't we? Absolutely. I think we're the, we're the key ones, not to uh, hell yeah we feel, are. Uh, like they're not like they're not contributing, but it's going to be us. Um, so we're here today on a on a non race day. Uh, with a with a little bit of news, Ollie, why don't you give us a bit of a an idea of what's happened? Well, I mean, you know, we're a little bit late to the party, but that's just how things roll sometimes. But obviously, um, De Vries been given the axe. Uh, whether whether or not anybody kind of anticipated that, I feel like I anticipated that. Probably not right now. I would have given him a bit longer, or maybe the rest of a year. But De Vries has been finally given the axe. Um, yeah. Yeah, he. Uh, I, I thought personally, I think everyone was under the impression that eventually, if the results carried on, he would be given the axe. But I think most of us were expecting him to at least be given until the uh, until the summer break, which obviously is in two two races from now. So it is. It does feel quite early. It is classic, uh, brutal helmet Marco. I'll say it's and very much. The, the, it's very much a certified helmet Marco moment. There, isn't it? They don't give a damn about your feelings at the end of the day. If you don't perform, uh, you're gone. The exciting, or the most exciting part is who's been in, uh, brought in to replace him. Well, it is the it is the one and only it is Danny Ricardo, isn't it? And it's just it's a face it's a face I really love to see back on the grid. Um, yeah. Obviously, he was put through the ring a little bit by Red Bull. Um, and then when, no, and McLaren. Then, say, then, <laughs> then then just went nowhere with. Um, Renault, and unfortunately he had to compete against, well, alongside, sorry, a very talented Lando Norris at McLaren, and obviously yeah. they were going to be, sorry, Lando was going to be their big shot, and unfortunately he just never really fit into the car, did he, so... Yeah, it's a bit of a strange move, really, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Alpha Tauri is a reserve team, right, they are the, 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 the feeder team for Red Bull, he hasn't driven for for Red Bull since 2017, and, and before then he hadn't driven for Toro Rosso since 2013. So it's kind of a return for him to uh, to that in uh, not that industry, sorry, that team. But it does yeah. feel like a very very strange move um, uh, for him. But it does make sense, doesn't it? It gives them an opportunity to see, you know, Perez. Everything that we've been saying about Perez not performing, it gives them an opportunity to say, okay, do we actually have a driver on our books who can match up? Exactly. I was just literally about to say, I feel like this is very much a very, uh, it, it's a planned move by the Red Bull development team as a as a whole, in order to see whether or not Danny could go into being like a, a top tier driver again. Um, I, I am surprised they haven't gone for him straight up. I mean, obviously, like Perez has been on the uh, in the firing line recently, and I'm sure we'll get back around to that soon. But I feel like they just want to, want to reassess uh, yeah. Ricardo again um, and and just see what he can do in a car, even if it is a bit of a shit box like the Alfatari is at the moment. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably a little bit more politically viable moving Ricardo into that team as well than than dropping Perez for him directly. Um I mean, it's when less did... of a gamble and, and you know it does 
there's probably some contracts. When does uh, when when did Helmut Marko ever bother about being like politically correct? I mean, is it, you know, <laughs> that's if, true. That if, true. If, I mean, it, as long as he gets the results, he really does not give a shit about who he's who he's putting on the on the uh, chopping block. Who he's you know he's putting back in. I mean, look at. Uh, Look at Danny Kvyat, for example, and ultimately he turned out to be quite right there, didn't he? Um, yeah. Ever since then, I think some of his uh, some of his decisions have been a bum steer uh, from there like on. Devries. <laughs> Devries. Which, which Horner apparently didn't want Devries. He didn't think that he fit the Red Bull mould. He wasn't a Red Bull junior. He had no attachment to them previously. But then, I mean, looking at it more long term as well... Um, we are seeing Red Bull starting to, to deviate from their strategy that's been so successful for them in the past. Um, you know, going just with their with their drivers. I mean, it was it was surprising enough when they took on Perez into the main Red Bull team um, rather than relying on one of their juniors. But does this mean that the the the, the pull of the Red Bull Academy uh, and the junior system is going to to just die off a little bit you know if they're replacing two pl- uh, drivers in the, in alpha towery with existing um existing talent talent that isn't hasn't come through their academy i mean you could say danny rick obviously has come through the academy but it's a bit of a different situation de Vries came in you know as a lateral move from formula e rather than being promoted to the team mm. are they going to start you know, struggling. Are we going to see the end of that system? Does it become even less and less relevant? Is that going to lead even more and more likely to them selling the team? I think the problem with the Red Bull Academy system at the moment is that it's just so overloaded. They have so many fingers and so many pies. It's it's ridiculous. I think they've got drivers from every single level and they've got multiple drivers from every single level competing across the globe. And none of them are a speck to what they want to see in F1 in their in their first team or their second team. So all they're left to do is kind of swap them all around. You know, you've got Liam Lawson, you've got um, oh, you've got Dan Tickton, which I mean, that oh, certainly God, no, that would be a certainly that certainly be a move. <laughs> and they just simply wouldn't do it. It's just they've got too many drivers. They've got it's yeah, it's. I don't I, think I could deal with Dan Tickton being on the grid. I, I, he annoys me just enough with just his TikToks. Uh, it just, I, I think he, I think he just annoys everybody anyway. It's, but yeah, I think that the problem is, is he's got a certain cocky arrogance to him that I think Red Bull actually love. Um, I mean, I don't think he's actually part of the Red Bull team, is he? Or is it he was and then he got dropped for for being. Um, uh, for being well, an asshole for, for want of a better word. I think. Um, um, oh, I'm not sure now. That now that you've said it, I mean, I knew he was obviously part of it, but I can't remember if he's been dropped or not. Um. Uh, well, I'm gonna look. Yeah, yeah. Have, yeah, have a look. Until 2019, yeah. Right. Until, okay. Until 2019, it was. Yeah, and was was personality cited as the reason. Um, it doesn't say here, but <laughs> I'm we're going sure to assume that it, it might well have been his uh, yeah. his personality. But, I mean, you look at it; they've got Dennis Halger, who's currently leading the uh, F2. Um, Liam Lawson, as you said, is is a really good talent. Ahumo Iwasa as well, um, who we've we've talked about. You know, 
they obviously do have their partnership with Honda at the moment in whatever form it is until 2026. Yeah. You know, is that, is that, I mean, I suppose with Yuki Sonoda already in there, God, can we see two Japanese drivers on at the same time? I mean, that'd be great. I, I love, I love Japanese drivers. They, they yeah. drive with a certain kind of, um, they, they drive with a style that just makes it so much more electric on the grid. <laughs> They're a bit more. Oh, I can't think of it. They're a bit more bonsai. That's it. They, you know, they just they just go for it, and I yes. love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, I remember the days of Kamui Kobayashi, for example. I just oh, I want more of that. I really want more of Kamui Kobayashi because he was stunning to watch. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's all. It's all speculation at this point, isn't it? But um, I think yeah, exactly. I feel. I do feel like there is times are changing at Red Bull at the moment. They don't seem to have a grip. The plan. They don't have the grip. They, had. they don't have the yeah. grip because everything is everything pivots around Max Verstappen, which is great because obviously at the moment he is generating wins, he's generating income, yeah. he's, he's doing everything that he needs to for that team. The problem is, is that Max Verstappen could well leave. He's said that, like he he could well leave to go and do another motorsport or something. You know. Yeah. Um. And I'm really interested to see what that vacuum's going to do in in Red Bull because it is going to be such a vacuum. Yeah, it was a similar situation when uh, Vettel left as well. And exactly, they kind of didn't know what, what to do really to do. Yeah, yeah until uh, Max Verstappen kind of... came along, they did not know what to do. And and you know Vettel's main problem and and main sort of reason for leaving, I guess, was Danny Ricciardo. Exactly. It was, uh, it was the, the threat from Danny Ricardo, shall I say. Yep, and then obviously Danny Ricardo's reason for leaving was Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen. It's, Red it's Bull a don't cycle, isn't it? Red Bull don't know how to deal with two strong drivers, I don't no. think. Compared to other teams, I just don't think they know how to deal with two strong drivers. No, not at all. And uh, I mean... What team does at the end of the day? What team has two drivers who are both at the pinnacle? I mean, we had the, the, the most recent example, I suppose that'd be Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg. They ended up hating each other. Mm. Um, I mean, I'd even say potentially um, Hamilton and Bottas, to be honest. They they oh, had Bottas no was idea. never on his level. Pardon? But Bottas was never on Hamilton's level, though. Yeah, but he had the wins and he, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I like Bottas. I, 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 I like, love, I, don't get me wrong. I love Bottas. He's fantastic as a person, but it just it to having two top drivers where they are having to not prioritize one over the other. Mm. That's where they seem to struggle mm. when they've got two, you know, one established, brilliant driver, and then one who is up and coming. What do they do? Like if if Ricardo does go back to uh, to Red Bull, I think Red Bull also happen? yeah Red Bull also has this thing where it's just like right okay we are just going to go for this driver whereas the other team seems to just go oh well we'll just let you race and see what happens. It's not how well it worked with Ferrari back in the day. Oh, oh dear. poor poor Barrichello, Felipe, well, and every other <laughs> Schumacher yeah. teammate. Felipe, yeah. Fernando is faster than you. Oh god! But it's never just, forget. It's just such a it's a difficult team. Red Bull. It's a very I, I'd say incredibly toxic. There. It's high intensity. Toxic. It's very, very high intensity. 
Please. If you don't, if you don't immediately get dropped in the water and start swimming along like a Michael Phelps, you are dropped unceremoniously, and and that I mean we've seen with Alex Albon how much that knocked his confidence and how long he's taken it uh, taken to get back. Mm. Um, I really hope that that doesn't necessarily happen with Nick De because I know he's a bit on the older side, isn't he? He's what twenty eight. Twenty eight, yeah. It, I'm not gonna lie. It really, as a as a now thirty year old, it really does pain me to say that twenty eight is on the older side. But um, it would it would suck to see him never get back and never get that chance again. Yeah, it would. And you know, in all of the chats I have for Formula One, I've always said he's been a bit, uh, quote unquote, poopy. Um, <laughs> but you know it's it's not a it's not a reflection on what i think of him as a whole you know everybody who comes into formula 1 you do want to see do well unless they happen to yeah. be uh, mazepin in, in which case no but <laughs> it's just it's a shame that unfortunately the, the team he's had to come through is alfatori slash so red bull and through. it's just yeah he's gone that's it if if it hadn't if if alfatori hadn't been his uh his first introduction if he'd had a yeah. go at Williams for example he would have that year know, he would have he would a have year. That year and it's just um, annoying to see that yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, I don't know but as as we as we said it's a it's very much a classic um certified helmet Marco moment yeah and uh, the last thing that that, sort of, that that brings into uh to what we need to worry about is really what does that mean for Perez? Is he now going to be if I absolutely was, bricking it? <laughs> if I was Perez, I'd be seeing the sharks coming after me now. There's, there's blood in the water, and I feel like Red Bull have made a statement. They're like, look, we are very much willing to cut drivers that don't perform for us out. Yeah. All he needs to do now is go and get a couple of points on are, the board. Are they going to use the board this... Are they going to use this move as a stick up of a stick up Perez's ass, just try and yeah. see if they get anything out of him, or is this really actually, you know, as I've said before, are they measuring Ricardo up ready so that he can be dropped into that Red Bull seat in a moment's notice for next year, probably for next season, most likely. I, I don't know. Um, I can't see Perez being dropped to AlphaTauri. If he's gone, he's gone. I think if he's gone, he's gone. Uh, because he hasn't had... He, it's not from the Red Bull programme, is he? No. No, no they, they bought him out. Yeah, they bought him, didn't they? So So it's going to be a big, very, very interesting... It, it adds a bit of spice to the end of the season, I think. It, it just, does, yeah, because he's got to start performing. Yeah, that's it. Even if, you know, McLaren's renaissance is Touchwood, um, you know, even if it, if it does fall back again and, and we don't actually see them challenging like we want to this kind of means that you're putting more and more stock into into Perez's results his results suddenly matter mm. it's not just oh yeah he's second third but it doesn't matter because Red Bull's still going to win the championship and all that sort of thing Max is a constructor on his own yep. Um, yep. it means that his results are going to be so much more important he's been struggling he has not been getting the same results as Max. Even the last few races, he has not been... Yes, he's been doing some okay recovery drives, but 
he's not qualifying well. He's not picking up the maximum amount of points that he could be. Why do they want to keep him there? No, I mean, realistically for Red Bull at the moment, you'd be looking at the championship or the Constructors' Championship at least being like, why is this not already in the bag? Because theoretically, yeah. it should now already be in the bag. Yeah, oh, um, yeah for sure. So, yeah. I was doing the, doing the maths for it the other day as well, just as a quick update. Um, the, the earliest that uh, the championship can now be won by Max is Qatar. Uh, if if everything goes his way, which is another six races, uh, which would leave five races left, so I'm still all, all on board. Team, let him get the championship mathematically, and then throw Danny Rick in that car to go up against Perez. Now that would be very funny. I, that, I think that would send an interesting message. <laughs> that would send a very interesting message, wouldn't it? Yeah, and in yeah. Kind of, and at the same time, it'd be like, oh, okay, Red Bull's now at the point where they can just swap drivers after ones. One that's it. A WCC, and that other driver that's just come in can also get points. And it's yeah. that's it. And then you know, I know it's only uh, five races, but let's say he does come second, third, and get a couple of podiums or or whatever in those races, which would be put it past him. It would be six or seven. Yeah, it would be six or seven potentially. He would. He, he would, especially if he manages to pick up a few points now. Yeah. He. he you. <laughs> and that would just be incredible. I mean, that that's... I don't put much stock in that happening, but, um, you know, a man can dream. It's a 50p bet from me. <laughs> you know, that's, that, you know what? That's, uh, it, I, we'll, we'll bring this in at some point. Um, those of us in our, in our Calm F1 League, which if, if, uh, if you are interested in joining that, I'll drop the link to the Discord in the uh, description for this, uh, this podcast. Um, we did a load of predictions ahead of the season. Um, at the end of the season, we'll go through them on the podcast, I'm sure. Uh, but I did have on my my bold prediction, uh, Mick Schumacher and Danny Rick both being on the grid for 2024. Um, oh. So, and someone else, I can't remember who, has Ricardo will fill in a race for one of the Red Bull drivers and go on to win that race. I think I'm going to have to uh, come up with some predictions during the summer break, aren't I? And then I'll have the kind of end of season predictions there. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. And then we'll, uh, we'll we'll do a big a big thing for next year as well, which not that far. No, don't not say that far at all. Don't be saying that because I've just realised that we're well over half way through the hour. <laughs> yeah. God, so, oh. summer's nearly over. <laughs> no, oh. no, stop it. But I'm, uh, you know, my, my prediction for the end of the year is uh, Oski, Oski, gets his, uh, Oscar gets his, uh, his uh, maiden WDC in his rookie year. There you go, boom, sorry. No, I mean that's. I'm manifesting it's going to happen. I, I don't actually know if that is mathematically possible. I'll, I'll do some maths later and work it out for you. Do some um, maths later and then bring it up in the next podcast as to whether or not he can do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Game. Game on. <laughs> Uh, well, on that bombshell, that that's our amazing news for today. We've got Danny Rick back at last. Even as McLaren fans, we are both still thrilled to hear that. Really, really sorry to, to Nick DeVries. He definitely... He deserved better. Back in. He, deserved he deserved more better. time. He really did deserve more time. Any other team, he would have had more time. But unfortunately, that's what you knowingly sign up for when you join a Red Bull team. Um, if you don't... Uh, if you don't get the results you you don't get the seat so 
that's that. And uh, well, thanks for listening. We'll get this up. We'll see you towards the end of the week for the uh, the next Grand Prix. It's well, next week. It's, it's next week. Well, then we'll see you at this weekend for the first part of our F1 Iceberg series. Uh, so we'll catch you then. Bye. <laughs> Bye.